Welcome to Learned Leg, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm Amanda. And I'm George. I'm in Zephyr A, and Amanda's in Zephyr B. This is season 25 for me and season 21 for Amanda. And this is day 14 of season 93. Our first question asks, essentially, what NASCAR driver was known as the king? So my first thought was Richard Petty. And I thought, thought, was Richard Petty active in 1967? And I couldn't remember... Is Richard Petty, Petty dead? Did he die in a race, or was that so one of the other guys? Mm. Uh, if Richard Petty died in a race, was that like twenty years ago when he might have kind of still been racing after thirty something years? Maybe was he was he always kind of way older than I thought he was, considering that he was a professional athlete? Mm. Maybe, but but I just couldn't come up with anybody else for some reason. The King Richard Petty just worked for me. That was four words that went together in my head. So I said Petty. Okay. I wonder if you're thinking of Dale Earnhardt, by the way. That was the other one that I that I considered that I forgot since then. Ah. Because uh, sure. I know his son, Dale mm-hmm. Jr., is, I don't know whether he's currently racing, but he's been racing for a while. Okay. Uh, probably long enough that, yeah, his dad would have been old enough to be racing in 1967. Uh, but I just, for for some reason, the the King Dale Earnhardt just didn't work in my head the mm-hmm. way the King Richard Petty did. Sure. Well, um, I will tell you the way I worked this one out is that it's secretly a film question. Okay. And the reason is that Richard Petty had a cameo in the movie Cars, right? As the King. Okay. Okay. One of the cars that uh, is, you know, mm-hmm. tries to one, one of the talk to Lightning cars, McQueen. The lightning and, is yeah. kind of overthrowing. Well, were. no, or, um, oh, okay. not overthrowing, but he's just kind of the, you know, the, well, the, the gray statesman. eminence okay. of okay. Uh, of their world. And um, I believe that the car in the film is modeled after this car, the Plymouth Belvedere, Makes I sense. think. Um, but yes, this is one that I know because... I have kids of a certain age <laughs> who watch cars a lot, a lot of cars. Yeah. and yeah. consequently I've along the way heard about, you know, how the different, um, like the sports casters mm-hmm. in the film were also cameos mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. real NASCAR commentators mm-hmm. and, uh, the King, the character is called the King, um, was voiced by Richard Petty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, you know, I was fairly confident in that. I had been trying to think of like Dale Earnhardt and a couple other people that, that might be plausible for this, but I thought, yeah, I think that he would have been active um, quite long ago just because I feel like in the 80s, you know, when I would hear something in passing about NASCAR that oh, you know, he yeah. might have still been, been doing it then. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and, and was already long established. Mm-hmm. Like he, he wasn't a newcomer at that point. Um, and so... Yeah, I, I also put down Petty, uh, thinking of those references, essentially. Well done, because that was correct. Ooh. I threed that one because both my opponents had fairly low game sport and neither mm-hmm. of them was from the South. Yes, I also did that because I was fairly confident that I knew it, so mm-hmm. the Josh Tiger Hill criterion is satisfied. And um, I did take a look at their film scores mm. to see if they would potentially make that association with cars. Cause that was kind of a cute, um, mm-hmm. cute call out in there that kind of 
gave me this bit of knowledge that y'all, I'm not a NASCAR fan <laughs> by any I've, stretch. I feel you're one of the few people with a high film score that would correlate over to this one. <laughs> well, just knowledge of the movie Cars, I think, does not necessarily correlate to a to a high film score. That is possibly but, the case. Yes. Yeah. Um, Although, you know, it, it, it's one of those fun film trivia mm-hmm. things that sure. that someone who's a fan of Pixar movies might yeah. know about. Yeah. So I, I feel like that could fit in there somewhere. Could well. Question two asks us what vegetable may have given its name to the word to, to the dish gumbo. Okra. Okra is just the defining vegetable that goes into gumbo. And yeah. um, and I, I knew that it was brought uh, by enslaved Africans we watched some documentaries and things that, <laughs> that talk about things like this, but yep. um, it really is the, the essential ingredient, both as kind of the, the vegetable element, but it helps to thicken mm-hmm. the, the gumbo as well. And so I, you know, I knew by word three that this was going to be okra. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tango is the Argentinian dance. Okra <laughs> is the gumbo vegetable. Yes. It's yeah. Just uh, same here. It was just that reflexive and, each of my opponents had a high enough food drink uh, score that I zeroed this one. Same here, actually. Um, you know, I thought that, that this is such a Pavlovian um, association with gumbo that they both had decent food drink scores. And I kind of go by, like, even if it's not your top category, if you're up at, like, 700 or 750 on food drink... Um, with a question like this, I, I sort of factor in like how easy of a food question this is, how much of a gimme should it be for someone oh, yeah. in that range. And I, I also scored it at zeros. Mm-hmm. Uh, question three takes us to uh, the city of Spanish town, which is named by English conquerors way back in 1655 and asks us what Caribbean island nation uh, is home to it. No idea. Uh, had to ponder which... Caribbean island nations used to be Spanish and then were English for a while, and that was like most of them. <laughs> uh, so I figured, well, like the kind of the main Spanish one uh, was Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. So sure, for lack of literally any other hook on this question, I'll go with that. Okay. Yeah. So the first thing that came to mind for me on this one was Jamaica, um, because it is the Caribbean island that is large enough to have like multiple cities on it. Like I, I try to think of things like Bermuda, which is kind of questionably Caribbean anyway. Um, you know, Barbados, like all of these places are tiny. They're like a little tiny island in the Caribbean versus the larger ones like Cuba, the ones on Hispaniola oh. and Jamaica and Puerto Rico and things like that, where you might have, enough landmass that there could be a third most populous city. Mm. Um, and so I, you know, that kind of narrowed things down for me. Um, and I thought about each of those in turn, like I thought Cuba, there's not mm. an English influence there. Um, same with Haiti is very French. Um, Dominican Republic uh, is, has been much more Spanish influence. Like mm. people still speak Spanish there. Okay. So um, it, seemed unlikely to me that Spanish town would end up being a name of a of a current city on the island um Puerto Rico I was sure was not it either for similar reasons um and so I came back to Jamaica because I thought yeah this is the 
the place with the kind of British influence to it, um, also Irish influence, sort of British Isles, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and thought, sure, there could be a city named Spanish Town, just because that's, you know, I could see that being the way that colonizers kind of designate, okay, here's where those leftover Spanish people live, sure. or something like that on this island that we've conquered. Um, so with all that in mind, I put down Jamaica. And that was correct. Well done. Nice. Question four asks us, uh, what small carnivorous mammalian family is good at killing snakes and is named after herpes? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that. Well, uh, uh, herpes is related to snakes, of course, Probably like herpetology. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the snake killing mammals are generally mongoose. Yep. Um, that's... You know that that's that one's embedded in me because of that uh, adaptation of Ricky Ticky Tavi, sure. that animated one that we saw as kids. That really like that. I had a whole thing as a kid. And I kind of still do about. I like animation to look kind of realistic. Like you could really, um, mm. like that. That's the kind of art I tend to like too. Like mm-hmm. that just shows you the skill of the person rendering it. Um, but anyways. Ricky Tiki Tabby, you know, was very um, fascinating to me as a kid with the mongoose up against the cobras who were so evil and mean. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's protecting the kids. And anyway, um, yeah, I just I couldn't imagine that this was anything other than mongoose. I, I put it down right away. Yeah, same. Same here. Uh, as soon as I got to killing snakes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the mighty, mighty mongoose. Sure. Uh, you know, n- none of the rest of it helped any I mean, the <laughs> likely best known in a literary sense might have helped but just this yeah. one could have just been mammal killing snakes oh that's probably the mongoose yeah precisely and that was the correct answer uh question five asks what 132 room neoclassical mansion did irish architect james hoban design i just didn't even think this would be anything but a uh but some somewhere in the British Isles. Mm. Uh, so I figured, well, uh, the the Queen is in the news. It is her platy jubs. So we will, yeah, we will natu- I will naturally figure. Oh, this must be Buckingham Palace. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when exactly it was built, but late 18th century. Sure, that makes sense to me. That is a time that they could have built Buckingham Palace. And would they have reconstructed it sometime after that? Sure, because they're constantly learning how to build stuff at the end of the 18th and beginning of 19th century. And at some point, uh-huh, someone uh-huh. might have said to Mr. Hoban, hey, here's an idea. How about gas jets or something like that? <laughs> you know, some technology that had just been invented yeah. that they decided that uh, Her Majesty would, would need. So, sure, Buckingham Palace, I convinced myself. Okay. Yeah, I initially thought about um, locations in Europe like that, thinking, uh, I think I thought of Windsor Castle first, um, you know, even if that's, like, the distinction for me between castle, palace, mansion, I'm a little shaky on that. I don't know if there are technical architectural differences that define them. Probably there are. A castle is defensible. Okay. It It is a military fortress. I believe mm. uh, a palace is not, but it is still a royal residence. residence. Okay. A mansion is just a rich person's house. Okay. So, but even so, you know, I, I thought to myself, is this about Versailles? Is it, mm-hmm. you know, 
Um, who might an ar Irish architect be working with on things like this? Um, but then I kind of thought, I looked at the dates and thought, born in 1755. That would mean that he was in his 20s and 30s during the American Revolution and the start of the United States. And so he would have enough experience to be asked to design the White House, um, which sounded very much like, yes, a 132-room neoclassical mansion. Yeah, okay, that's the sure. White yeah, House, I yeah. think. Um, and of course, that was burned down by the British in the mm -hmm. War of 1812, mm -hmm. I believe it was. Severely so, damaged. Severely damaged. Yes. Yeah. Burned, if yep. not burned down. Yep. Um, and so naturally, he would plausibly still be alive to supervise the reconstruction of it after that event as well. So once I landed on that, I was like, yeah, that, that kind of makes more sense, especially with this, you know, kind of neoclassical mansion as a descriptor of this thing. Um, you know, it was, it was having gone on, you know, tours and things in Washington, D.C., like that, the whole point of it was to be very grand and neoclassical and impressive. Um, and, you know, at the same time, kind of not being, I don't know, as palace-like as, as castles and Versailles and whatnot. So, um, so yeah, I just, once I, I hit upon that, I put down White House. Well done. That was correct. Woo. Yeah, I'm I'm annoyed at myself for not catching the reconstruction hint. Yeah, I, I was surprised that yeah. that. Uh, also, I don't think that, of the White House as a hundred plus room mansion. I just it's yeah, not it's a, quite big, huh? Yeah, because it's got all those wings and yeah. you know, got all got to have all those places for all those slaves to mm -hmm. you know serve our aristocracy. <laughs> Question six gives us some English lines from a song. Uh, and some dates again in the late 18th century yeah. and asks us, uh, what is the name of the song? Yeah, almost a historical theme here, except for uh, Richard Petty. Um, so this one certainly sound like a very rousing kind of, you know, militaristic kind of song. And given that it's an English translation, obviously we're not talking about, you know, God save the queen. Um or or our national anthem, but it sounds rather like a national anthem if it's written in a certain year and achieved its current status, which presumably would be its national anthem type status um, in a in a different year. And then I guess again in 1879, I don't happen in the interim there, uh, apart from lots of terrible things. Um, so that kind of suggested to me, like I I know because I've watched Hamilton that. Um, <laughs> you know, France was going through uh, a sort of bloody phase of its uh, revolution in the late, you know, late uh, 18th century. And so I thought, well, there's, I mean, I did think, could this be the internationality? I, you know, I don't, that doesn't sound quite right. It's, it's, you know, I, I don't know what the words are to that either, but this sounds very like, you know, may impure blood water our fields. It sounds very, um, you know, like glory to the fatherland kind of nationalistic in that specific way. Whereas the internationality is more, you know, I assume not really knowing what it says is more about the workers kind of rising up or whatever. So, um, I thought given the time frame, and given that, um, you know, that kind of, viciously nationalistic tone of it 
I thought this is probably La Marseillaise, um, because that sounds like right when they were needing to craft to craft a really angry fight song, <laughs> basically. Um, and I went and looked at some of those lyrics, and wow, y'all, it is it is rough, um, pretty wild. So um, I kind of put that all together and put down La, uh, La Marseillaise. Uh, yeah, I. Uh... Just as soon as I saw that it was a song that had achieved a status, I thought, oh, mm-hmm. this is going to be the, the French anthem. What do you call that again? Oh, just it's a gold record. Reason, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For, for some reason, it just kind of that I, I, I immediately thought, like, I don't think I've ever heard the lyrics of La Marseillaise in English, but it sounds like that could be it. And a lot of national anthems are like, really bloody including ours ours is fairly bloody especially if you get it's past like the ones we actually sing yeah it's like <laughs> mid-range of the warlike national anthems which is most of them. well true ours is just very yeah. racist oh yeah um, it's, it's also racist traditional verses. yeah but yeah but yeah um yeah so i just you know kind of read everything in here it was like 1792, 1795 yeah that would have been right around the french revolution mm-hmm. again in 1879 mm-hmm yeah, I feel like they were kind sort of, of the communards were doing their been, thing and stuff. Yeah, right? there had been breaks in France's various statuses itself yes. that you could easily have, you know, someone swept that song under the carpet for you know a while, right? Um, but then, yeah, it might have come back. Sure. So yeah, okay, we'll go with La Marseillaise and try to spell it. And <laughs> yes, uh, and that was the correct answer. I did spell it right. I was oh, very good. impressed with myself. Um, and I will say that, you know, part of my knowledge of this is just what an amazing piece of music it is. Really? It's the most rousing, you it's know, very rousing. like if it was good enough for Tchaikovsky to hijack into the 1812 <laughs> overture, like my goodness, it's, um, you know, clear. And it's been used in a lot of other pieces, including by the Beatles. And mm-hmm. clearly I looked this up, <laughs> as you can tell. Um, but yeah, it's, you know. It's definitely a tune that everybody recognizes, if, even if you don't know these really rapidly <laughs> violent <laughs> words of it. So, so that left you with four. Five, six. I feel dumb about one of those. Mm. I should have gotten five. Mm. Never should have gotten to Jamaica, but I should have at least gotten the White House. That There were enough clues in there that I should have gotten. But I will quibble. Apparently, Hoban did not famously design the White House, oh. as, as the question asked. Oh, really? Yes. Very infamously? I, or? Well, no. I just I feel <laughs> that if you if you have to say that in a trivia question, it's either a very easy <laughs> trivia question or you are being incorrect. <laughs> that's that's a fair point. Um, you know, as for me, I bearded again. Did. Well done. What the heck, Third y'all? Third in I... four match days. Um, Friday, well, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday... Thursday. And, oh, no, it's Friday. Again, it's in six Third matches. and five. Third and five. Third, oh, third and five, because of Memorial Day. Day. That's right. That's yep. right. So, yeah, that's that's kind of a fun little not-quite-streak there. Um, and and very... It's nice to have one of those upswing seasons uh, for a little while Where here. Where are you so in your rundle now? I'm second, Ooh, which this might move me up. Well, I don't know if I... Um, the, the person who's in first has also kind of been tearing it up, I think. Mm. Um, so I don't know if this will move me up above them, but, uh, uh, if they lose, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause you're down by two points, but you're actually up on MPD. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, you've got the best okay. NPD in your whole rumble. Well, we'll see, I guess. Um, yeah, I've been doing pretty well defensively, too. Like, at least not egregiously. I haven't missed anything in a, in a notable way on that mm -hmm. score, too. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm kind of uh, in the groove a little bit, yeah. which is nice. Feels great. Uh, but it's great to go into the weekend with that, that so I can too. just rest yeah. on my laurels with it. And then if I crash and burn on Monday... You know, weekend me doesn't <laughs> had care. A good, had a good week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So that's it for today. Tune in on Tuesday for more post-game analysis. And remember... Don't forfeit. Don't cheat. <laughs>